Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Family Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and president of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. Well, Shay, I'm excited to start this Canacuck Podcast uh, that you've been talking about for a long time. I, I'm just, I just think it's going to be great, and by the grace of God, perhaps uh, we'll be an encouragement to everyone who happens to listen. We're, uh, we're sitting here in the uh, K-1 environment as we do the podcast. We're on about an 80-foot bluff overlooking uh, Lake Tanicomo, looking at the mountains of the Ozarks. Uh, we, we've been quarantined for a while uh, here in camp. And Shay, has been just horrible to be quarantined in camp. You know, uh, there's nothing to do out there but fields and gymnasiums and slides. And it's really been horrible. I know. Even in the quarantine, the zipline testing must move forward. <laughs> so we're still working. Well, Joe, today, as you know, we're talking about family. And specifically, being a student of children, uh, you know, with the help of some of our good friends, we're going to unpack why it's important to be a student of your children and what it practically looks like at home. And Joe, one of my favorite things, you know, being a young daddy is watching each one of my six kids grow up. And I think one of the greatest evidences of God is watching their little God-given personalities flourish and bloom. And as parents, we get to discover who they are and how God created them. And uh, I can just imagine what your journey has been like having four kids of your own and now countless grandchildren. <laughs> uh, what's that been like for you? Did you say six kids of your own, Shay? I think so, at last count. <laughs> well, I only had four, so I don't know how I can even, you know, compete with, with that. Your kids, by the way, are precious, Shay. Uh, I love the way you and Ashley parent also. Yeah, I don't know. Moms and dads, I'm, I'm an old guy, and we do have 15 grandkids or so. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. For me as a parent, I got a lot of Ds and Fs on my report card. I Some days, uh, parents, honestly, I would grade myself. Uh, at the end of the day, and I would, I'd, I'd give myself D minuses and Ds and Fs. And, uh, you know, parenting is really, really a challenging, rewarding, rich, fulfilling, tearful, joyful. You know, it's all over the place uh, because kids are all over the place. We had one kid, his name was North. We had one kid, his name was South. We had one kid, his name was East. And the other one was named West. And Debbie Joe and I marveled that our genetics could produce four kids who said, you know, who was your dad? Who was your mom? I have no idea. But 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 everyone's your favorite, even though you've got North one day and South the other day. And it's like parents are changing hats every day to try to figure out our children's personalities so we know what to do and how to approach them. But uh, But every kid's your favorite, no matter what. When you're with one child, that child's your favorite. Yes, sir. And Joe, you know, we're so excited. We've got some guests in here to add to the conversation. Colin and Rachel Sparks are the directors of K-Country, and they are personal friends of Ashley and I's, and, Ashley and I's rather, and we love the way they parent. And one of the reasons that I, I pulled them in is specifically, you know, Colin and I talk about being dads all the time. And one of the things I admire so much about Colin, and I know that he's in a partnership with Rachel in this, is that he is a student of his kids. I mean, he is constantly talking about the ever, 
moving target of parenting their three kids who are all extremely different. And I just think the world of the way that they're approaching raising their kids. And so we wanted to bring them in and uh, introduce you to their family. So Rachel, tell us about the Sparks family. Thanks, Shay. We are so glad to be here today. We have three kids. They are, Ella is 13. She's our oldest. We have Brayden, who is 11, and then Beckett is nine. So three kids in our family. We can't compare to four or six for you, Shay, but um, we love our three kids. We're um, in different seasons with each one of them in different stages, but they are a lot of fun. We're proud to be their mom and dad. One of the things that Ashlyn always say is no matter how many kids you have, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> when we had one kid, it felt like the most, to be honest with you. <laughs> Once a multitude. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was just thinking about you and Colin, Rachel, and just what a great team y'all are. You know, y'all direct K-Country and everybody that comes to K-Country under Rachel and Colin's leadership Um has literally the most incredible experience of their life. I mean, y'all are an incredible team. Um, and and while we're talking about team, you know, I think about my mom and her mom, and and my mom really never had a dad, but her mom was teamed up with, with God, who's the father to the fatherless. Mm. And I know a lot of folks who are listening to this conversation, that's the nature of your team. And, wow, that's the best team in the world. My wife's father was killed when she was four, hmm. but 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 Debbie Jo always had a dad as she teamed up with God. Uh, for folks that are you know married on this planet and get to work together as a team, wow, team is everything. Uh, so Rachel, you were telling us earlier a little story about what a great team you and Colin are. Would you like to share that with us? <laughs> well, we knew we'd be talking about this today, so we threw these questions out to our kids, and I asked them if they thought we were united and a team. And um, Brayden, our middle son, actually threw out. He said, "Yeah, we do, but we also know if one of you's in a bad mood, we can go ask the other one for right. the answer." <laughs> They've so learned. Mostly, they think we're united, but they can read us well really well too yeah we I am thankful to do this with him I think you know if if your teammate is the Lord and you're walking with him or if your teammate is a spouse and um, God tells us over and over again in scripture that he gives wisdom and all we have to do is ask for it and call out for it so we know in this parenting journey there is no way we could do it without the Lord's leading and um, we are so thankful for him for the many ways that he had just let has led us in this journey I'd be lost without that for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> such a wild journey uh, it is in this parenting thing. You know, it, it's speaking to just being unified, I think it was something that Rachel and I, we just committed to doing. You know, it was God's, God's design and his idea that um, we're better together. And uh, we've just embraced that. And our kids know that, um, that mom and dad are a team. And we work in conjunction. We make decisions as a team. Uh, we pray together as a team. Um, and at the end of the day, our kids know. They know that our authority rests under Jesus and his word. And uh, that mom and dad's marriage is priority. And it comes first. Uh, and that we're a team together. We're in this uh, together. And I just think kids, they need it. They want it. Uh, and there's so much value in just being together. Colin, we're in a unique time in our history 
in where we've been parenting in a confined situation. You know, we're, we've all spent weeks in quarantine. And as parents and family, we know each other more intimately than maybe ever before. And so as we watch our kids grow, I mean, you watch them change almost on a daily basis. How have you and Rachel gone about, you know, parenting that moving target and being a student of your kids? Right. Well, anybody in parenting, it doesn't take long to realize that there's no formula, right? I mean, we've made, gosh, thousands and thousands of mistakes uh, for every right decision that we've uh, that we've made. But, you know, there's no formula. And I think a lot of times in parenting, there's a misconception that there is a formula, you know, kind of this is the way we're going to run our house and this is the way I'm going to parent. And all of my kids, uh, whether you have six or four or three, it doesn't matter that you're going to have to kind of get in line, you know, and you see that even in our school system, right? There's one method to teach, but you got 30 kids out there that are responding and learning in different ways. And so I think, you know, Rachel and I, especially in this season, right, where the wind's blowing in a different direction. And uh, some, you can't always control the wind, as you know. And each kid, uh, their wind blows a different direction and a different speed. And when you can't control the wind, you got to adjust the sails, you know. And that's what we've uh, done and kind of chosen in our, our, our parenting. Um, we, we use the illustration a lot as like a plant, you know, that each child is a plant. And everybody that knows it, you know, has put a plant in the ground knows that you can't just put it in the ground and leave it. For a plant to thrive and for a plant to grow, it needs some essentials. It needs water. It needs nourishment. It needs fertilizer. It needs the sunshine. And I think that's true in parenting, that different seasons require different needs and different methods. And I think Rachel and I are just always trying to evaluate what our kids need in this season, you know, whether it be encouragement, support, coaching, challenge. It's different every day uh, and every season. And for example, our 13-year-old uh, you know, teenager is beginning to spread her wings a little bit. She doesn't, you know, we think she needs a lot of coaching, right? But we've realized that really what she needs is just support and just encouragement to her that we believe in her. Even though we see some qualities that we're like, oh, not sure I'm uh, loving this, but we go, you know what, we're going to be her biggest fan right now in these in this season. And so we're just constantly, and I just encourage parents to evaluate. You can't put a plant in the ground and expect it to bear fruit. You have to nourish it. You have to cultivate it. You have to pull weeds and uh, continue so that, that that plant thrives. Colin, that's the reason why you're the executive director. Uh, <laughs> I don't you, know about that. No, for real. I mean, K-Country... One, it's just, my grandkids have gone to K-Country and my grandkids have gone to K-1 and they're just gigantic fans of you and Shay and Rachel and, and uh, the team at K-1 and K-Country. But, uh, oh my goodness, I want to go parent again. That was really good. <laughs> Rachel, y'all, I mean, you know, when I think of you, I think of the word wonderful. And when I think of Colin, I think of the word admirable. And... Y'all are y'all are cut really differently. Uh, my wife and I uh, we're both humans, and that's about where it ends. We're just we're so opposite; it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, in my house, the roles are simple. If Mama says it, that's pretty much the way it goes, boys and girls. If she was sitting here, she'd call me a liar. But anyway, uh, but but how do y'all? I mean, being you know cut so differently, uh, how do y'all you know? One, how do y'all how do y'all become a team and then 
And then how do you all handle the roles in the family at your house uniquely? That's good. (laughs) That's good. Well, I have to say I'm so thankful for him. He leads our home well, and that starts with because he loves Jesus well. So I'll brag on him for a second. But I think it's been fun as we've continued in our marriage, we've discovered what we're good at. And so I don't know that we've focused on roles as much as like you do this and you do this because being a team means we're going to come together and we're going to serve each other. And um, as we are in different seasons and places, then that's different requirements. But we focus more on giftings probably even than roles. So with our kids, I just love it because in that moving target, like we were just talking about with Shay, they do need different things. And we've found... Um, sometimes with our daughter, I go into a situation a little bit more emotional. And so when something happens, I come into that situation and I'm like wounded. So I have feelings where he can come in with truth and with the ability that he has to charge ahead. And that's what that situation needs more than the emotions that I would bring to it. But then there's also other times that in his way of charging ahead, I'm might need to go, hey, let's hang on a second and feel this. This is what's going on in this moment. This is what one of our kids is struggling through. So I love how God has gifted us differently. And in that feeling that we've always said that we are better together because we get to sharpen each other. We get to hold each other accountable with the things that we fall short in. There's also been many times with our giftings and roles that we have to tag out in that moment of like, hey, you go take a second. I'm going to jump in here. Um, but in knowing each other's giftings, take too. Yeah, go take a break for a second. I'll, I'll jump into That's this That's a good one. word. Um, I think knowing each other's just strengths, but also shortcomings, we can use those in how we parent our kids and the different things that they need at the time. Rachel, it's funny. Uh, the, you've talked once, college talked once, you've talked— and you keep bringing up a teenager. Uh, it seems to me like you guys are learning a little bit about teenagers and how something magical happens when a child goes into middle school and then starts thinking about high school. Can you talk about the dynamics of what in the world goes on? <laughs> well, I will say it's wonderful. A sweet amazing hero around here, Diane Cooper, taught me years ago that every stage is wonderful. So I will approach every stage as a time that I will see the gifts in it and the great things of it. I never want to have a stage that I just get through. Um, So it is good, but there are challenges. And I think we want to shepherd those well of we want to launch her someday. It is not our desire for our kids that they stay at home under our roof for forever. I want to launch them well into the world. So that's not possible if we don't go through the teenage years and go through. So you're saying we have to? We have to. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully we can make it and do it well. Um, I, I want to have her grow in her independence. Um, so hopefully we can do that and do it in a good way. Now, there could be mamas out there that are like, oh, she's naive because she has a 13-year-old and not a 17-year-old. But we're trying to take the challenges and balance them with the blessings of it and to talk to our kids about that as well. Like, we want to help them be independent without pushing us away. We want to help them to challenge their faith without leaving it behind. Um, So walking through that with them. 
Colin, were you as shocked as I was? Um, you know, all I remember about when uh, Cooper, uh, my youngest, um, the fair-haired child, uh, you know, we had house phones in those days, and uh, all I can remember looking back was the girls were calling my son in middle school, and I was like, what in the world? Uh, and so I would always answer the phone because I felt like it's my job as a dad. Uh, you know, I was there to block and tackle and I put up <laughs> the defense for all of my kids. I probably overdid it, but anyway. Uh, but when the girls would call, I'd pick up the phone. And they'd say, is Cooper there? And I'd say, good girls don't call boys. And I would hang up every time. And then I would pick up the phone and they'd go, I'd, I'd go, hello? And it would be silent. And I'd go, I know you're out there. Don't call my son anymore. <laughs> Click. Uh, teenagers, what, what's the transition been like for you? It's been awesome. I, Coach, I think we're Good just, for you. We, we just embraced it. You know, I think the world, you know, says, hey, watch out when they're 13. This is, they're going to do this, these things. And that's just what a 13 year old does. And we just embraced it. I mean, we've said we're not going to get these days back. And there's days where we look at each other and we're like, who, what just happened? You know, but we've just embraced it. We're, we're getting in her world. Uh, we're laughing at things. We're in the ups and downs. And we've just embraced it. I think we love it. They're hard days. There's no doubt about that. But we've just embraced these, uh, these years as a, as a teenager. And, and we're not going to get them back. Rachel, um, you know, getting raw and real, and you're pretty good at that. Have there been challenges with you and Colin specifically where a, where a child, because of the way they were behaving or something they wanted, that sort of divided you and Colin? And how have y'all, how'd that happen? And then how have y'all gotten back on the same page again? Mm. Well, you know, this is a small example, and there's other probably bigger ones, but even just last night with our youngest, he had an iPad, and he had found a game that he heard about from a friend that he was super excited about, and our youngest is just... He lives everything to the full, everything. And so when he's excited about something, he is excited. And so he wanted this game so bad. And you know, for a nine-year-old, what is in front of them is all they can see. Absolutely. All they can see. So that game was the most important thing in his world. And we looked at it and kind of played it for a second and figured out some of the ins and outs in it and just determined it was not the best choice. And so... I uh, handed the, the iPad to Colin and was like, what do you think about this? And I honestly was like, yeah, it, it, I, th I think it's okay. It could be okay. And handed it and Colin dug a little bit deeper and he was like, I just don't think this is the best for him. It's just not going to encourage the best in him. And I, I don't think we should do it. And for Beckett, that, that was devastating because that was what was in front of him at that moment. Um, and even though I maybe was not as much on the same page with Colin of like, I don't know that that's the best. I, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that because I think he's looking out for the integrity and what's best for our kids at that moment. And again, where my heart's probably influenced with like, I want to make him happy a little bit. I want him to have what he's asking for. Daddy's got the wisdom to go, this isn't the best. Let's pursue something better. So that's the first thing that came to mind, Joe. I think just recently, that was literally just last night. And we kind of had to go back and forth and talk about that just a little bit. There's always fresh examples with parenting. True. Sparky, um, 
You know, I mean, working in the ministry and obviously having kids of our own, we encounter kids that are in tough seasons all the time. In fact, that's kind of the, our favorite part of ministry at, at camp. Um, one of the things that Ashley and I say to each other almost daily is, it's just a season. In other words, kids change fast and we're going to make it through this. You know, there's been things where we have been totally focused on, you know, specific issues that kids are wrestling with, and we're banging our head up against the wall thinking, we cannot get through to them. And then the next thing you know, two months later, you turn and you realize, wow, that's been over now for weeks. What are some tips that you'd give parents just to walk through those tough seasons with a level head as a team? How would you approach it? Yeah, one thing, I mean, everything, and sometimes it feels like every season is a tough season, right? So whether you have toddlers crawling on the floor or high school kids driving, doesn't matter. It feels like every season's a little bit tough. So we all experience that. But I think Rachel and I have just tried to change our perspective and realize that God's, we say, this is just a season, but we also said, remind each other a lot that God's not done with our children and he loves them more than we do. And Praise God, he's not done with us either. You know, as Paul said to the Church of Philippi, he just said, I'm confident in this, that he who brings a good work in you will bring it to completion when, until the day that Jesus comes back, that God is at work and that um, whether it be we see qualities that maybe we don't like or we see that are developing, that we got to remind ourselves that, you know, thank God that he's not done with us when we're 13. So I just would encourage parents to keep a a long-term perspective. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. There's going to be road bumps. But at the end of the day, just like in that plant, keep watering, keep investing, keep encouraging, and keep laughing. And God will do the work. He'll, he's not finished, um, but he's entrusted you with these sweet gifts. And you can do what you can do. And that's encouragement and support and coaching. Um, but at the end of the day, God's the one that does uh, the growing. And so that's just helped us navigate, especially these teen years, uh, that realizing that God's not done with her. That's great parenting perspective. Let me let me back out a little bit and talk to you guys as directors of K-Country. Now, you guys have been in the, the kid business for a long time now, over a decade. And, you know, you've worked with tens of thousands of kids over the years. With that unique perspective, what advice would you offer us as we seek to minister to our own kids? Yeah, Shay, again, I mean, you know, they all, you know, I think it's funny to think back at all the people are always saying, like, you guys work with kids, you're the experts in kids. But that's until it comes to your own kids. And then all of a sudden, we don't know what we're doing. Totally. You know? Isn't that the truth? Uh, but, you know, all of the years at Cape Country, I think one of the things that we have learned and have seen that it doesn't matter where the kid comes from. It doesn't matter what kind of home he comes from, what culture he comes from, if he comes from an affluent home or a poor home. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, every kid needs the same things. They need uh, encouragement, they need fun, and they need somebody to believe in them and say, I'm your biggest fan. Hmm. And we just tried to play that out with our own kids. You know, we've taught that for 20 plus, 22 years at camp to our staff to, man, encourage those kids, have fun with those kids, be their biggest fan and believe in them. And now we're getting to live that out with our own kids. And every night as we lay in bed and tuck them in and uh, we, we tell our kids that we 
love them, that we are for them. And I told, I told um, our boys last night, I said, I love being your daddy every night. And I tell them that, and I'm your biggest fan. And, you know, I just think it doesn't matter, again, what culture, what background, what nationality. Every, at the end of the day, every human and every kid specifically needs those things. That's so good. Yeah, it's so fun in working with kids because we say all the time we get to do camp where we ride water slides and we send kids out on a boat and we have all this fun. But at the end of the day, some of that um, would be empty except for the fact that we do camp because it is kingdom work. And so in working with all of those kids that come through our gates and with our own kids at home, it is so fun to know the purpose in parenting or the purpose in being a camp director is that it matters. It has eternal value as we get to shepherd these souls of our own kids and disciple them and to train them up in the way that the Lord would call them to go. And then hopefully that all that spills over into everything we do at K-Country, that we look at every kiddo and say that they matter. They were created in the image of Christ and they matter to the kingdom. And so it's a privilege to get to disciple their hearts and to lead them to the Lord the best that we can in that week that we have them while they're at K-Country. And that's the same way we feel about our own kids at home. Rachel, one of the most uh, amazing construction projects in all of God's creation is the heart of a mom. I'm fascinated as I've admired my mom for all the years that I can remember. And I've admired my wife. She's still my hero. Both of them are my hero. Uh, But the heart of a mom is just an incredible treasure. But it's tender it's it's uh it's vast it's uh, capable uh but it also gets hurt uh very easily um by the way as does the heart of a dad <laughs> but uh it, it, you ever get discouraged as a mom do you ever get just worn out tired what what do you do in that precious heart of yours when your heart is just absolutely beat up tired discouraged Mm, absolutely. Man, Joe, I'm in the middle of homeschooling right now, and there are days that are just tough. Or even like Shay said earlier, I think when you are trying to teach your kids a lesson and you feel like every day it's Groundhog Day as you're doing the mm. same thing over and over again in teaching, and you feel like, will it ever get through to them? Or as a mama, you are serving and you're the cook, you're the maid sometimes, you're getting food out, you're cleaning without some of those thank yous, without some of anybody that even feels like that they can notice. So I get the discouragement for sure. Um, and and there often with hard days, you know, I think it's good. A, a great friend of mine just reminded me of this, that grace has to abound. Grace in a marriage for each other grace in your kids for them, grace for yourself even, to just know there are going to be days that you need a whole lot more grace. And praise the Lord that he says his mercies are new every morning. Mm -hmm. I cling to that after hard days of waking up the next day and going, praise the Lord, your mercies are new. Let's attack this day, even though yesterday maybe wasn't so great. I'm not going to wallow in that or sit in that or stay in that, but I'm going to look to the Lord for this one and 
and his new mercies. Um, and so, I, I mean, simply, I think the greatest thing is really running to the Lord first um, in those hard times. And first, when you do feel discouraged for him to encourage you. Um, and then just, I think, a few other practical ways I would hope for a lot of mamas out there that they have um, kind of a council of moms that they get to run to, good friends that have sound wisdom that are also seeking after the Lord that can encourage you when you've had those bad days to help you have that perspective again of like, that was hard, but not every day is going to be like that, or you're not always going to be in this stage. Um, a spouse is, of course, amazing for, for that too, to get to just... I think you have to take your eyes off of the discouragement and put them back onto the promises that you know and the truth that you know, um, and then keep going. You're going to be discouraged, but the Lord is so good, and keep going, keep fighting, stay in it, um, because Shay said that earlier, before you know it, some of those things that are the hardest are, are over, even before you know it and pass, and so the Lord's always really good to meet us where we need to. A quick story with that, our very first day of homeschool, it was hard. It was so hard. We were figuring out technology. We were just figuring out where things were, where books were, what we do. You know, you have dynamics with your kids, and then it's a whole nother thing when you then become their teacher, too. Um, so we're button heads on things. People are fighting over devices. They're just fighting. <laughs> and it was a hard, hard day. And so I had to go downstairs to find a book for somebody that they were searching for they needed for their assignment. And I was digging through a box to try to find that. And I come across a journal that I had been given um, a few months back. And the journal was just chocked full of scripture. It was a really sweet gift that somebody had given me that actually put my name into scripture. And I just opened this and felt flooded with these reminders of what God tells me, of who I am. And it was the sweetest thing of the Lord going, Rachel, don't forget, I see you. And I am in the midst of this. I see you. I see your hard work. I see the frustrations. Don't give up. Keep going. I'm here. So definitely have those hard days. And then I'm so thankful for how the Lord leads us through it, too. I love that, Rachel. You got a big smile on my face over here. Well, Colin and Rachel, I just want to thank you guys for opening up your heart and your home to us. Obviously, we don't we don't have all the answers, but the one thing we know about you is that you love the Lord and you love your family and uh, the wisdom that you shared with us. I'm over here taking notes because there's a lot of things that we need to apply at the Robbins household to grow uh, up godly kiddos. And, you know, a great transition one thing the Kennecuck podcast listeners can expect is an exhortation from Joe White mm -hmm. at the end of each episode. And Colin, you shared three points of things that every kid needs. And in some ways, this is like the DNA strands of Kennecuck camps and of, a, of an awesome home. But you said every kid needs encouragement, every kid needs to have fun, and every kid needs somebody to believe in them. And Joe, I've been following you for 15 years. Hmm. And these are the things I've been picking up. Mm. Take number one, take that encouragement. We'd love to hear, you know, how would you encourage parents today in their parenting journey? Well, there's, there's, you know, when, when I get a chance to do like marriage counseling, uh, either premarital counseling or after, you know, we talk about the killer C's uh, in a marriage, you know, control, <laughs> change, 
criticize, condemn, complain. You know, these are the killers of encouragement. They're the killers of childhood growth. They're the killers of a marriage. You know, I'm not born to control my bride. Um, and, and by the way, Rachel and Colin, the first 47 years are the hardest. That's all I can tell you that about <laughs> marriage. It's all I know. After 48, you know, I'm sure it's easy. But, uh, but, but I can't control Debbie Joe, And if I try to, I'm a fool. And I can't change Debbie Joe. And and if I try to do that, because what you're saying, by the way, if you're trying to change your child or change your wife, what you're saying is, I wish you'd be more like me. And I really don't want that, Shay, for her. And then obviously, Dale Carnegie used to share, you know, criticize, condemn, and complain or kicking over the beehive. As an opposite to answer your question, Shay, uh, encouraging and inspiring are what parents do. Um, my, my friend Mike Swider, who coaches the Wheaton football team, he says that encouraging and inspiring has got to be 80% of the game. If, if controlling and changing and criticizing and coaching, as Colin was saying, if those become more than 20% of the game, then your child is not going to feel like you believe in him or her. They're not going to feel like, as Colin, you said so well, you're their biggest fan. Um, so, I, you know, I, we, we've got to be, as Colin said, the biggest cheerleaders, the biggest fans that our kids have in the whole wide world. That is a great word. Mike Swider is a legend, isn't he? Uh, he coaches some great kids. We get a mechanic. They're we awesome. Do. Well, uh, Colin, do you have any final word there? Uh, that summed it up. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to raising up the next generation of godly leaders. We'd like to close by praying over families. Lord Jesus, we come to you and, and we lift up these parents and we lift up these families. We know that parenting is not easy. Um, and so we come to you, God, as you promise in the book of James, that if we lack in wisdom, that we can ask and you'll give to us generously and without reproach. And so we do that. We do it on behalf of ourselves. We do it on behalf of the Kennecuck families out there. And just pray that you'd supply us with the wisdom to meet our kids right where they're at. Pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would give us discernment and that you would reveal to us how to parent each kiddo uniquely to the way that you've created them. And we pray blessings over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canicuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canicuck, you can visit canicuck.com.